Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HCCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, keep tap. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, he know what he be talking about. Mike and Charles, they know what they be talking about. They compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they won a loss. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yesla yes, and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. Yes. And welcome in to Dr. Gaville's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. I'm your co-host tonight, Charles Bishop, Dr. Gaville. Not in, we have visiting adjunct professors coming in tonight from the pregame show. Brother Neely, what's going on, my brother? And I complain, always a pleasure to represent 1400 Lynch Street on Dr. Cavill's Inside the Sports Lab. I got one goal tonight, fellas. One goal. <laughs> goal only. And my goal is to not be invited back. So <laughs> don't tell them what's going to happen. Don't tell them what's going to happen tonight. I'm not on my show. I'm on somebody else's show. So you're going to get it. And if I'm successful, you guys will never call me again. <laughs> Always the wild card. And, of course, from the sports rep, A.D. Drew, welcome in, bro. You really expect me to follow that up? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You really expect a brother to follow that up? Oh, uh, man. All I'm going to say is, since I knew I was on this show with uh, two Jackson State folks, I decided to wear my blue hoodie. It doesn't say Jackson State, but I did wear my blue hoodie. And then they go and mess it up by not wearing Jackson State blue on me. So uh, look, look, at, look at me. Try to be forward thinking, and I'm still hey. behind. Representing the entire HBC diaspora tonight on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBC Sports Lab. Didn't want to be the homer tonight, but here we go. Welcome to episode number 236 of Inside HBC Sports Lab, radio show and podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBC diaspora on all things HBC sports for institutions large and small from NAIA to NCAA. We share insights, information on the HBC sports culture and HBCU athletics aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs and the business of HBCU sports. Tonight, I'm your host, Charles Bishop, along with my co-hosts, Neely and A.D. Drew. Of course, as always, is Mike Washington, Dr. Cabell in, but they're not in tonight. And we are filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to our KCOH 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, Ralph Cooper, the beautiful home of Texas Southern University here in Houston, Texas. I tell you what, guys, uh, another interesting weekend of uh, HBCU action, HBCU uh, basketball all around the, the country. We're going to get into it. But, uh, hey, man, me and you had a fun little uh, off, off camera story. <laughs> Let's, I thought we were doing that segment too. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get into it, man. You tickled me with that one. <laughs> Tell me what you told me, man. <laughs> all right. All right. We talked about two things. I'm going to go with number two first. Number two that we talked about was, you know, I was doing a sports rap this weekend with my partner, Brian Fulford. 
And I had to ask this question. Can we get a week where Jackson State is not the lead story with something <laughs> with HBCU sports? Good, bad, or ugly. Ever, ever since, like, mid-November, Jackson State, has been the lead story. If it was going into the swag championship game, then it was the celebration bowl. Oh, by the way, y'all, y'all decided this kid named Travis Hunter took the number one recruit in the nation who to dropped down to number eight ever since he signed with Jackson State, which that became the next story uh that that we started talking about, man. And, and then I mean it, it goes on and on and on. The, the swag uh the SWAC classic, the Southern Heritage Classic. And if we really want to back it all the way up, let's go back to Coach Prime having his surgery. And while he was uh while he was having his surgery, then he was interviewing for this job at uh at TCU that he apparently wasn't interviewing for. I mean, God dog. I'm, look, <laughs> I, I love I love me some HBCUs. I love Jackson State. I can deal with y'all 364 days a year. Y'all know the one day a year I'm talking about that one day in Miami. But uh, my challenge to other HBCUs is, can, can we get to Jackson State's level? I'm not trying to bring Jackson State down. Jackson State has raised the bar over the last uh, three months when it comes to just HBCU dudes. But can another HBCU please be the lead story? on the BCSN Sports Wrap and any other HBCU sports show? Nearly. That, was, that was just thing number two. Wait till we get to number one that we talked about. Well, you know, Chuck, let me, let me take off my Tony Stark's Edis. <laughs> <laughs> because the one thing I got to say to all that is, I hear you, I understand, but you need to realize that when it comes to Jackson State being talked about, we are inevitable. <laughs> Look, man, we got we got the stones, baby. We got all the stones. Like, it is inevitable. It is inevitable. Don't fight it. I know what it's like to lose. It turns the legs to jelly, like Thanos said. But this is inevitable, man. Every week, we're going to bring you something. I know y'all were excited about National Signing Day, and it was a hot topic, but we had already done our big splashes. You know, Travis Hunter announced live on TV. Kevin Coleman announced live on TV. So when February 2nd came, we said, you know what? Let's announce we ain't going back to Memphis. Let's give them something. <laughs> <laughs> because, of, because we have the girl. Oh. Okay. <laughs> all the stuff, all the Thanos stones reside in Jackson right now. And, 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 and I got to give y'all credit for one more thing. There has not been a Friday news dump yet. Mm. Yeah, uh, there have been some schools that have uh, figured out a way to uh, avoid the limelight with the Friday news dump. So <laughs> shout out to those schools. You know who you are. I'm forgetting it on a Friday news dump, man. Yeah, I tell you what, man, a lot of stuff. We're going to get into it, man, uh, covering from uh, CIAASIC to SWAC and MEAC and all things in between. But we're going to start off with some news and notes, as we normally do uh, every week. And we're going to start off this week with the SWAC, with their men's basketball weekly honors for this past week. Player of the week, 
from Jackson State is Terrence Lewis. And the impact player of the week from Alabama State is Juan Reyna. Uh, they were Swag Mills Basketball Weekly Honors for their outstanding performance this past week. Let's take a look at T. Lou, Terrence Lewis. Lewis had a spectacular weekend for Jackson State as he averaged 21 points per game along with 11 rebounds per game and one steal. He tallied a double-double with a game-high 28 points and 10 rebounds on Saturday. And Jackson State 69-65 win over Mississippi Valley. He followed that performance with another double-double as he contributed 14 points and 12 rebounds during Jackson State's 60-47 to win over Arkansas Pine Bluff. In play, play, player of the week was Juan Moreno. He helped Alabama State split on the road against Bramlin and Southern, averaging 20 points uh, in both contests. Uh, he scored a career-high 25 against Bramlin on the road while shooting 7 of 8 from the floor, 4 of 5 from behind the arc. And he was perfect from the free throw line. Followed that up with a 15-point performance against Southern as he connected on four of seven attempts from the floor, including three three-pointers. So those are your men's uh, player of the week uh, this past week in the SWAC. Any thoughts on that, A.D.? I'm glad somebody uh, decided to challenge M.J. Randolph for a player of the week. You know, M.J. Randolph had a big run of uh, multiple players of the week, you know, uh, that's really all I can say. I mean, right now he's probably the leading candidate for SWAC player of the year, but people have another month to solidify their resume and see if they can challenge uh, MJ Randolph. That's uh, Florida A&M for all y'all Jackson State folks uh, to see if uh, somebody can challenge him for player of the year. No doubt. Uh, what, what do you have over there on your slate of things, AD? Uh, well, uh, you know, college baseball, got started uh, this past weekend on the lower levels, get started uh, in the next week or so on the Division One level. And that was a little small announcement that came through right here on the Black College Sports Network announcing the Black College World Series that will be held in Montgomery, Alabama uh, this May, May 11th through 15th in Montgomery, Alabama, in Riverwalk Stadium, which is the uh, – home of the Montgomery Biscuits, the double-A affiliate of the Tampa Devil Rays, excuse me, the Tampa Bay Rays. Now they've changed their name. I got to make sure mm-hmm. I get that right. The Tampa Bay Rays. And this will feature the top teams from NCAA Division II versus the top teams from NAIA in baseball. They, those two teams, those two groups will play in a bracket. And the two winners, the NCAA Division II winner and the NAIA winner will meet for the championship for what's been dubbed the HBCU Small Schools Championship, i.e. the Black College World Series. You know, it's good when we can crown a champion on the field uh, in in a game, be it a single game, be it a series. You know, we've seen the success of the Celebration Bowl. Mm -hmm. I know it's a sore subject with you guys, but it was was (laughs) the opportunity to play for the championship on the field. And that's what we as sports fans, as HBCU sports fans, want to see. Uh, Teams compete and have that chance to win or lose for the ultimate prize. Sure thing. And that game will be broadcast here on the Black College Sports Network? Black College Sports Network will be the exclusive broadcaster of that. All uh, I believe there are 13 games scheduled for the the Black Black College World Series. Uh, Games will be all day. for those who are interested in the Montgomery area, interested in traveling to Montgomery to follow your teams, uh, ticket sales will go on about 
towards towards the end of this month, uh, day passes, tournament passes, you know, er- everything will be available. And I want y'all to say, just don't think that it's just going to be any team in this tournament. No, you have to qualify. You have to be ranked by Black College Nines, that you know, SIAC champion. They're the only conference uh, that the only HBCU conference at that level. But you've got teams in the Red River Athletic Conference, uh, defending champion Bluefield State. Uh, so you've got you're going to have a bunch of teams. You won't see any uh, ten and four, ten and thirty teams competing for this Black College World Series championship. And I am honored to be a part of the uh, committee for the Black College World Series. So. That's huge. That's huge. I mean, we got the king of the bats uh, right around the corner. Uh, Swag today coming out with their uh, preseason uh, all-conference selection. So uh, HBC baseball right around the corner. In fact, I think some teams actually crunk up this past this past weekend uh, around the country. So uh, it's going to be huge when you take a look at uh, uh, HBC baseball going into this upcoming season. Of course, we had that exciting Swag championship last year with. Uh, Southern pulling it out at the end over Jackson State. Uh, but Jackson State went undefeated in conference. And now you add Bethune-Cookman, you add Florida A&M into an already strong uh, Southwestern Athletic Conference uh, baseball field. So looking forward to this upcoming season. Man, it's going it's baseball that's going to be uh, great. So, Yes, indeed. Well, we're going to take a quick break here. It's, I'll finish the first quarter. We'll come right back on the other side of these Commercial breaks with more inside the HBCU Sports Lab with me and AD Drew. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports That's right, y'all. The Black College Baseball Championship Series is back. The Black College World Series return, May 11th through 15th, to a place where so much black history has been made. Montgomery, Alabama, to the home of the Montgomery Biscuits. That's right. Riverwalk Stadium, downtown Montgomery, Alabama. The cries have been heard. Black College Championships LLC is here to answer the call. No longer will the poll determine our champion as the top baseball teams from NCAA Division II and NAIA meet on the field for Black College Baseball Supremacy. was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger. That's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. Really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. Let's get back to getting ticks instead of watching flicks. Before we can safely get out there, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. 
Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your crew. Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working. <laughs> never not working. Never ever not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield, never not working. <laughs> The analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah, and who the ball, So listen to Professor, yes, sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. And welcome back in to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Charles Bishop calls in tonight with my man Neely and AB Drew. And I tell you what, um, we talked about the ping of the best guys. Uh, Neely, a friend of a friend of ours, Coach Earl Sanders, uh, and his two baseball team, they're in action this past week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Earl Sanders uh, played baseball in the Jackson first round draft pick uh, to the Toronto Blue Jays and uh, is coaching HBCU baseball at, at neighboring sister HBCU here in Jackson, Tougaloo College. And uh, they had a successful outing uh, against Xavier. So, you know, you talk about those smaller colleges in baseball to watch and HB, HBCU supporting that. Keep eye on Tougaloo. You know, Earl Sanders is always doing it the right way, uh, building the program, like, from within the culture, recruiting kids here in Mississippi uh, that are academic kids as well as athletic kids. So I would keep an eye out for Tougaloo baseball. They always have some challenges because they don't mind sticking their face in a fan and going against tougher competition. Uh, but even when they play, quote-unquote, cross-time rival and come over to Bob Brady Field and play Jackson State, it's always, you know, a great game and a great time, and those guys are hungry. So, Keep an eye out for Earl Sanders and Tougaloo College Bulldogs in, in baseball. No doubt, program on the rise is uh, uh, Tougaloo Bulldogs over there. Well, you know, switching gears, guys. And, and you know, AD, you and I we were talking a little bit about this. What do HBCU fans want, especially as it relates to Jackson State? I think that was one of the things that we, uh, we kind of talked a little bit about in terms of uh, some of the things going on uh, and around the stratosphere uh, that is uh, Jackson State athletics. But interesting point you made, man. And I want you to talk, kind of talk a little bit about that because that was a, a really interesting combo to get into and bring Neely in on. Yeah, and it not just Jackson State, but around football in general. Jackson State just happens to be the epitome of what what I was talking about. Number one. Everybody always say they don't want us to go out and play all these P5 schools in these quote-unquote check games because you get beat up and it hurts you throughout the rest of the season. But when you don't play those check games, you lose revenue. So you get teams and schools like Jackson State, like what Florida A&M has done, instead of uh, playing check games, they decide to create their own classics and things like that, such as the Florida Classic and now the SWAT Classic, which Jackson State has decided to partake in. Why did they do that? So they could generate money. So now we get mad because somebody that took this home game from us and we're going to play over here at a neutral site, but we make it three times as much money going to play at that neutral site than we would if we played that game at home. What, what don't you do that? Where don't you do that at? 
what kind of businesses is that that you don't go play somewhere where you can go make more money? That's what this thing is all about. It's a, it's, it's a business. So when you do that, and this is the, this is the Jackson State um, one to the T, and you realize that you've been getting over here, been getting screwed on this other contract. So you decide, oh, the heck with it, screw it. We're going to get out this contract and let the chips fall where they may so that we can go do something else and go make more money. And then pe- people, are, people are getting upset. Then they talk about, why don't you go play the Montana States, the North Dakota States, and all these other FCS schools? Why don't we go play them? Number one, they won't play us in a home at home. They always want us to travel to them. So we don't have the opportunity to go. And even if still, if, if Montana State would were to come to Memorial Stadium, Memorial Stadium would look like Tennessee State playing in Nissan Stadium with 2,500 people up in there watching the dog on Montana State and North Dakota State because that's not the game that our fans want to see. And my final point is let me let me get my final point out and then say and my final point is when we as HBCUs try to help out our fellow HBCUs by playing the division twos to allow them to uh, the opportunity to make some money, just like we used to play those power five schools for, so that we can make some money. Then everybody talk about, you got all these doggone cupcakes on your schedule. Now I'm not saying go out and schedule three, two, three cupcakes and everything. I'm not saying do what Southern did and go put uh, Florida Memorial and Virginia Lynchburg on your schedule. No, I'm not saying that, but why not? Why not uh, share the wealth a little bit if you if you're making money? Why not share the wealth and give some of these smaller schools the opportunity? We saw what the model did for Florida A and M as they were able, despite the loss to Jackson State, they were still able to qualify for the playoffs because of that model. Yeah, we played our division too, but we played good other good competition. I'm off my I'm off my uh, soapbox fans, but HBCU fans, please tell us what you you want because no matter what our institutions do, we are not happy. Neely, we we laugh about it a lot. <clears throat> our HBCU fan base they wax and wane, uh, <laughs> but uh, out of curiosity, man, what what are your thoughts in terms of our? fan bases, our various fan bases, and what actually do they want? Because it doesn't seem like you can get it right, whether, you, whether you're scheduling, whether you're doing classic, whether, whatever it is that you kind of are doing to maximize money, which is the name of the game, but what are your thoughts? I'll pick it up where AD left off because I think he made some, some, some great points there. Uh, but here's where I differ as far as what we're trying to accomplish. If we are trying to get people not to complain, that's never going to happen. So I don't think the HBCU ADs, athletic directors, uh, promoters that get together, cities who make bids for these games, if your goal is to get people to not complain, I mean, Moses couldn't do it. They, they complain whole <laughs> walk. You know, so, so, it's, so don't, don't worry about that part. I think what our HBCU leadership is doing with our athletic directors is they're keeping first things first and one, and that priority is the student athlete uh, and the safety, health, and wellness and growth of the city of the student athlete. That's why you see, as AD mentioned, a decrease in those money games because it is not in their well-being to do so. Uh, ADs also, uh, AD not as an AD Drew, but athletic director ADs, ADs also have a fiduciary responsibility to the budget. And so if the HBCU community 
students, alums, whatever, are not going to donate in a mass that uh, makes up for a vacuum of not having a money game, then we have to find other models to make that money. And some people look at home games selfishly because you don't think you should have to travel because you don't want to drive somewhere. You're not looking at what's in the best interest of the program. So as AD articulated very well, staying at home may net you $250,000, but going to a neighboring state playing at a quote unquote neutral site nets you $500,000. That's a $250,000 windfall to the budget. Well, people say, yeah, but the other city benefits. Hey, competition benefits the consumer. If you are in a local government and you want one of these games so you can secure the tax base, get in where you fit in, shoot your shot. These games are going to be available to the highest bidder. And I would say this to these municipalities, that if your tax base is going to swoon because of these games, make sure you're giving some of those dollars back to the HBCUs. Because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, if a HBCU in a particular city is not getting a bonus from the increased hotel revenues in the tax base, why would they care if that hotel is filled or not? They have to care about the dollars that come directly to them. And two, you're going to carve out indirect dollars and make sure HBCUs participate in that. Then the motivation is going to be, give me me. Where can I get mine at? And I'll make it a little example, Chuck, right here in Jackson. The city of Jackson, the Convention and Visitors Bureau, they announced last year that because of Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, and, and everything that took place, there was a $30 million increase during football season in tax revenue. Man, you'll go to a restaurant and tip a bad waitress 10%. So why not take 10% out that, out that tax roll and give it to the person that helped you get it so they can get you more of it? Or you're going to see these chances where games can move to other sites. They're going to move because, again, athletic directors. What's in the best interest of my student athletes? Their health, their wellness, their growth, their competitive nature. What's in the best interest of the bottom line? And A.D., you nailed it, man. That's what's going to happen. This is a business. This business has expenses. And at some point, the revenue side and the expense side either got to match or the revenue's got to be greater or else you're losing money. And nobody can stay in business long losing money. So I like what's taking place on this landscape. I applaud what Birmingham did. And, and to clarify, no one took a game from Jackson. These were games that were not going to be played because right. we now have true divisions in the SWAC. So you got to play your conference, your division games, your Eastern Conference at Jackson State. Then you get to pick one person from the West that's your annual perennial. That's what we're going to play every time, and that's all porn. The other two games rotate. So the, the two games that you see going to Birmingham will replace Southern from Baton Rouge. Those are in the two years that we weren't going to play each other at all. That's a double win. So yeah. if somebody after that next cycle comes through, which would be four years after that second game, Hey, New Orleans, Houston, Memphis, shoot your shot. Put a bid in. We're going to go where they're paying, period. Is it a matter of our HBC fan base is not understanding or or our, or our, our athletic administrators are doing enough to put the information out in front of them so there isn't this knee-jerk reaction? I, I think that's twofold, Chuck, but I still go back to what I said before. Some people ain't going to be happy. Like some people... <laughs> job is to do y'all 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 both got great and your hair like me y'all remember the Muppet show the two guys up in the bathroom <laughs> they, they come every damn night but all they do is complain the whole show <laughs> we have a lot of fans in the HBCU space that that's their role they're the two guys in the 
happening at the Muppet Show, and all they doing is shooting shots. So yes, <laughs> athletic directors, sports information directors could do and need to double down their effort to articulate messages on why something is happening. Fans need to read a little bit more. My grandmama told me, you want to hide it from us, put it in the book. Whether that's your money, tuck it in the book, or just put it in writing it. We ain't even read nothing. So at the end of the day, we still run into that gulf, that diaspora of people who just, you know, I want to complain because I'm selfish. You know, you hear it in our space, Chuck, amongst our fans, you know, because we came up in the era where there were night games. Yeah. Oh, I wish we had night games again. Well, one thing we have to examine, one of the reasons we had night games is that the Power Five schools, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, USM, the white boys, if you will, they played at Memorial Stadium in the day. They took the day game, and sure. we were to the night game and what was something that you became fond of because it happening the reason it happened no longer exists what's in the best interest of the student athletes what's in the best interest of their families their coaching staff and what's in the best interest of tv revenue or day games but you got fans oh we need when we ain't got one night game on the schedule and we shouldn't have one night game on the schedule the bulk of college football that's on TV is on TV from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Like, we got to go where the money is. You only see one night game on ABC, and then you have that West Coast game that's a night game on the East Coast. But in that night game on the West Coast, it's still daytime when they playing. It's just night where you watch it. Right, college right. football is a daytime sport. We have to go where the money is and make decisions based on the business aspect of this. Do you want to sell a product? that you can get a national TV audience and get greater exposure, or you just want to do what's historically comfortable to your fan base. I say hats off to these ADs who are shaking up the system, who are saying, we can't just continue to do this because we've done it for 20 years. We got to start doing it the right way. Man, that's that's a great point to, to yeah, and we that's deep, for, man. Right, right there at the break, man. Perfect timing, man. We we will compl- uh, finish this conversation a little bit more on the other side of this commercial break. It's, Bishop Neely A.D. Drew here on Dr. Bill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. We'll be right back. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com Itchy, squirmy, scratchy, family not getting clean? Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them! It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. (laughs) (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin?
That's right, y'all. The Black College Baseball Championship Series is back. The Black College World Series returns May 11th through 15th to a place where so much black history has been made. Montgomery, Alabama, to the home of the Montgomery Biscuits. That's right. Riverwalk Stadium, downtown Montgomery, Alabama. The cries have been heard. And Black College Championships, LLC, is here to answer the call. No longer will the poll determine our champion as the top baseball team from NCAA Division II and NAIA meet on the field for Black College Baseball Supremacy. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot left, and who the ball, So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. And welcome back to Dr. Bills inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Bishop Neely A.D. Drew. Despite what the names say. Professors tonight, fascinating discussion on, uh, our HBCU fan behavior in terms of well, what, is, what is it that we actually want with regards to scheduling or making money? Are we playing for pride, plan, trying to play some of these um, other teams that are not within the HBCU stratosphere? Hey, Drew, uh, you were listening to uh, Neely, man. What were your thoughts in regards to what he was saying? What we have to realize is, as fans, we cheer for the name on the front of that uniform, be it Jackson State, be it Tuskegee, be it Florida A and M, what 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 whatever school it is, but we cheer for that that name on the front, not realizing what it takes to have that name printed on the front of that jersey, kind of mm-hmm. like what 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 uh what Neely was talking about, and then it's it's, it's kind of almost like. Sausage. You don't know what goes in the sausage, but you know when you eat it, it's sure good. We don't know what goes into that football team or that basketball team, that athletic program. But we, but what we see, we know we show love to watch it. But the problem is, do you want the ninety-nine cent sausage? Or do you want that premium brand sausage? And too often, we as HBCU sports fans are not willing to pay for that premium sausage. So what what do you do? You get the 99 cent pack of sausage. If you if you understand, if you understand, if you understand where I'm going, where I'm going with that analogy, you know, so that 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 that's where a lot of this comes from. We we don't support that that premium brand of sausage. We support the we support Oscar Mayer. And well, what, what is that ahead. premium brand? What does that premium brand sausage look like? Because HBCU fan, I would say, hey, I'm about tickets to the game. Uh, what's what's the issue? Well, 
You bought tickets. You you so you did did the first of all, did you buy tickets for to the game or did your boy let you into the game? Let's 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 start off with the basics because we we all been around HBCUs long enough to know there's a there's a hookup somewhere. Did you (laughs) did you pay for parking? Or did you park at somebody's at somebody's house? If you parked at somebody's house, did your university get that money for that that twenty dollars for that parking, mm-hmm. or did or did you actually come on campus and pay the twenty dollars for the parking? Did so you what do, did you what, do like Big Mom? Hold on, did you do like Big Mama? Uh, going to the movies back in the day had a, had a purse with the snacks in it, or did you go to the concession stand? So Neely, what does the premium brand of sausage look like? Joe. Tried to tell you. I started the show off. I said my goal tonight, if I had to go, was for y'all to not call me back. <laughs> uh oh. And you asked the question. So Chuck, all, the only thing I had to do right here is this. See this, Chuck? Yeah. Yeah. Take gloves off. off. All right. Gloves. Now okay. you're in my wheelhouse. We as HBCU fans have to stop immediately expecting something for nothing. We also have to stop overvaluing the something that we do put in. AD, wonderful points about ticket sales, parking, and concessions. But let's drill down a little deeper in that. When you buy a ticket, all I owe you as an HBCU is the ticket. You can't buy season tickets and consider that a donation or support. That is an exchange of goods and services. You are getting something for what you paid for. You buy a ticket, you get the ticket, you attend the game. We have to stop buying $100 worth of tickets and then demanding $1,000 in tribute to come back. That's putting the school 900 now. Well, I would buy a ticket, but they ain't have... Rick James performing. <laughs> this is a football game. It's parking. Like we, we, this is a business, and a business model has to have controlled expenses in this exchange of services. I understand that, yes, it is a form of support because you could be doing something else that Saturday afternoon, but that is not how you grow a university just in exchanging the goods and services. At some point, you got to dig a little deeper and you got to put something on top of just that. You don't go to the bookstore and buy one shirt and be like, hey, man, I support y'all. Give me two free. They Wait, can't hold on. You actually go to the bookstore to buy your clothes, bro? I thought you got it from uh, Joe down at the corner in the grocery store parking lot. Hey, and man. gave him the $20 instead hey, of giving it to hey, the bookstore. Hey, God, hey, God bless Joe down in the parking lot, but Joe don't go to university. Mm-hmm. The school mm-hmm. never sees School never sees that revenue. We have to do a better management job of our fans and our decisions. And I say this even in local governments. If the, if the streets in your town, wherever you may be watching this from, need pavement, stop driving to the next town and buying stuff because streets are paved off tax sales, tax mm. revenue. Mm. So if you, continue, answer that time. if you continue to shop in the suburbs, of course they streets don't look better. So if you continue to go on fancy websites and order your favorite Alabama, University of Alabama, or LSU shirt. But when it comes to the HBC, you want to buy it from Corner Man. You have, you, you're the reason Alabama and LSU look the way they look, but the HBCUs don't look any better because you're not doing anything to increase revenue, increase business. At best, you're just doing the exchange of services. You buy the ticket, and then you know us. 
we don't like buying season tickets. Well, I don't know if I want to go to that game in October. It might be raining that day. Buy the season ticket pack anyway. If you really want to give to your university, buy a season ticket pack and get a ticket to somebody if you live out of town. Support the school that way. But mm-hmm. stop making a donation and then wanting something in return for the do- from the donation that exceeds the value of the donation. You can't go to a fundraiser dinner, it costs $100 a plate, and you're mad because you didn't get four pieces of steak. Well, you would have exceeded the cost of the funds. Like, you, we would have lost money on the deal. So we got to fit this narrative and understand what it takes to grow a university, what it takes to harness uh, revenue. And, and, and AD, I'll say, like, you, you talked about the hookup. We can go to the flip side internally. The HBCU system has to do a better job of managing what it has. Because you do have people that give. You do have people that buy season tickets. You do have people that pay for parking the right way and they buy uh, clothing, merchandise the right way. We got to make sure that the people who are managing these systems understand it's not their little thiefdom. This is this is not the wild, wild west. This is not, you know, back in the feudal system in old England. That ain't your money. That is the, that is the family's money. You have to be a good steward over that. So we got a lot of things to clean up and work out. Uh, but but I think we're headed in the right direction. We have it. We have ads now who are yeah. not athletic directors based on popularity. They are athletic directors because of acumen and business sense and negotiating skills. So I think I think that the whole system of HBCUs is coming up. The challenge is the H in HBCU means historically, and we are still directly attached to some things that just because we've always done it that way doesn't mean we need to keep doing it that way. It's 2022. It's not 1972. So, million-dollar question: uh, Are we in the in the dawn of a, of a renaissance, if you will, from a business acumen standpoint? Uh, are are we starting to see things, the mindset change with regards to uh, the the fan behavior uh, going forward? Are, are we starting to understand this is how it actually works? I think you're starting to to get that renaissance, Chuck. But I think that renaissance is starting internally with the athletic directors. And, and the acumen that is raised there. You know, the three of us came up in the era that if you play ball at the university, graduated from university and lived in the town, that's what qualified you to be AD. You know, it, there was no uh, academic part to it or contract negotiation part to it or understanding TV revenue and now social media and streaming rights and all those things. So I think because you're seeing a, a renaissance in what it takes to be an athletic director, that that is leading to a more informed fan base. But the rub, the friction is, is that that means change and it means systemic change. One of my favorite quotes is is by Henry Ford. And he said, if I would have asked the people what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse. Sometimes you're building something that people don't understand. They don't have the vision. You have to try to articulate that vision, but you still have to build it while you're articulating it. And so you see things like the resurgence, the renewal of the Orange Blossom Classic, between uh, AD, Professor AD Drew and our schools in Miami, that's because of a raising back up of the intellect of athletic directors and the business acumen of promoters. When you see what's happening in Birmingham with two games that would not have taken place, now going to take place in Birmingham, that's because you have a commissioner uh, and, the, and the, the renaissance of the, hey, let's do some things deeper in scope in the ADs from those two schools. And even when you see Jackson State pulling out of a deal in Memphis, something they've been a part of for two decades, well, it ain't never too soon to get out of a bad relationship. Just because you've been there 20 years, you can't go, well, I'm going to do one more. 
I'm going to do four more. No, when, when, when the light bulb goes off, you know, the room is lit. Let's go do something differently. So I think that's a testament, Chuck, to this renaissance you speak of. But it's going to agitate some people who are very directly tied to that historical nature of, well, we've always done it this way. We're growing too fast. They're trying to change stuff. Don't change it. Let's do it this way. It's a dawning of a new era in HBCU sports, but particularly how athletic directors manage these institutions. Man, great way to put a period on that. AD, quick, quickly. Just because we're historically black does not mean we have to run things historically. Things change. Times change. People change. Hey, you and, I, and we'll go to break on this. You remember when we did research papers when we were coming up through schools because we're all in the same generation? We had to go to the library, go to the card catalog, use the Dewey Decimal System, and start doing our research. Mm. Now we just Google it and and do it. Is it is is the paper, the result, the paper the same as it was back when we were doing it using the Dewey Decimal System? Yes, it is. It's just the way that we get our information to do the paper has been modernized. That's what we have to do. It's still a football game. Still mm. sixty minutes. Still eleven on eleven. We just have to change the way that we present the product. It's no longer on the Selectric typewriter. It's on our computer now. There it is. There it is. Man, you brothers killing it, man. Let's go to the fourth quarter. Let's come back after this break. Close up. On the camera. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us. You see Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head & Shoulders scalp shield. Never not working. The Black College Baseball Championship Series is back. The Black College World Series return, May 11th through 15th, to a place where so much black history has been made. Montgomery, Alabama, to the home of the Montgomery Biscuit. That's right. Riverwalk Stadium, downtown Montgomery, Alabama. The cries have been heard. Black College Championships LLC is here to answer the call. No longer will the poll determine our champion as the top baseball team from NCAA Division II and NAIA meet on the field for Black College Baseball Supremacy.
the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna lock yeah. and who the ball. So listen to Professor Yesa yes, and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. Yes. And welcome back to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab as we start the fourth quarter here with Neely and A.D. Drew. Shout out to the lab rats out there, Chuck Hunt. I see you, Willie Alex Hines, Karen Griffin, uh, Santoria Black, man. Great job this past weekend on the uh, game on NBA, um, NBA TV. You and Tyler Carter, a tremendous job uh, bringing that to all of our uh, HBCU fans. John Jenkins, I see you out there. Uh, great conversation tonight guys in terms of looking at uh hbcu fan behavior and uh where where we are in terms of uh just moving forward uh, are we on the cusp of a renaissance how does the mindset change been a fascinating discussion and uh glad you guys were able to kind of lead us through that a little bit yeah I, chuck I, i'm gonna have to get my shades back on because i told you sometimes i don't know what the damn camera is and i, I feel like that like the girl <laughs> old video with lana richard just Hello. <laughs> Is it me you're looking for? I, I, don't, I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to be looking, Chuck. So when I do this, you look at half crazy right here. So. You cover things up. <laughs> Good job. Man, let's take a look at these. Uh, we're a little bit uh, beyond the halfway point, uh, looking at the weather side of the ball, especially here in the swag. Uh, Jackson State on top of things. Uh, 11-0 in conference play, followed behind by Alabama State, Alabama A&M, Florida A&M. Uh, Southern Jaguars, uh, they are 8-3, Grambling 7-4. Uh, but just kind of give me thoughts uh, on the, how the sweat women's side of the ball has looked thus far. Man, Man. it's pretty dominant. Uh, Jackson State women, you know, are not only undefeated. I think the manner in which they're undefeated says a lot about uh, Coach Tamika Reed and the team she's been able to recruit and the depth of that team. Uh, but, you know, SWAC basketball has three seasons, non-conference, conference play in the tournament. Anything can happen in, in the tournament. Uh, but Jackson State Lady Tigers, man, at this point are really poised to go undefeated in the regular season. Uh, if nothing else, win a regular season championship before going to the conference. I think, I'm sorry, the tournament, because they, they are doing it, Chuck. They're, they're winning by double digits every time. No doubt. AD, you follow things tremendously over there on the uh, NAI side of the ball, SIAC, CIAA. Uh, talk to us about what's going on over there. Man, uh, on, stick it to the women's side. Uh, Savannah, Tuskegee, Benedict in the SIAC. Wow. You're talking about three great women's teams. Savannah, two losses. Excuse me, Savannah, one loss. Tuskegee, two losses. The only team that has beaten both of them is Benedict, mm. who has uh, more losses than both of them, but they're the only team who has beaten both Tuskegee and Savannah. It's going to make for an interesting SIAC tournament. Oh, and speaking of those three, a week from yesterday, Benedict, Savannah, in Savannah. That's going to be a big one. You think that's bad? Savannah turns around then Saturday and plays Tuskegee. So if Savannah still has one loss in two weeks, they will have earned it because they're going to get their biggest test uh, after a tune-up game against Allen uh, this upcoming Saturday. Yeah, 
They better get they better get it right because uh I was at the Savannah Albany State game last night and Savannah held on, but they they made a lot of mistakes that, that Albany State hang around. They won't be able to do that against a Benedict or Tuskegee. Man, let's flip the page over there to the to the men's side of the ball. Uh, we'll start off uh, in the MEAC, and I tell you what, uh, it's been uh, topsy-turvy, if you will, over there in the MEAC, but uh, as always, you can expect uh, Norfolk State to be right there at the top of things over there. Uh, North Carolina, uh, Norfolk State 6-1 thus far, conference play. North Carolina Central, each uh, <clears throat> right behind them, 4-2 in conference play. A game and a half back, conference state right behind them. And then over there in the SWAC, Southern Jaguars have gotten it done thus far in conference play. Uh, when you take a look at what they've been able to do, and AD, shout out to the Florida AM Rattlers. Huge win the other night over Prairie View. Last second three pointer. Uh, you mentioned his name earlier. MJ Randolph has been everything uh, as advertised. Uh, what are your thoughts thus far on the swag side? Look who just snuck into the tournament uh, bid if the, if the tournament was to be held today. Coming into this weekend, Jackson State was on the outside looking in. Now, Jackson State is sitting in the number seven spot. I've, I've said this, and I'm still going to believe this. I think Prairie View is going to sneak their way in. You may do better in the SWAC tournament being on that 3-6 line than you will be on that one or that, or that two spot because some of these potential matchups, the way things may play out, you may have Jackson State and Prairie View in that seven and eight slot, is that really your reward if you're Southern or Texas Southern if things play out uh, like they do to have to play those two teams in the first round? Some of this is due to uh, COVID uh, forfeit. Some of this is just due to teams really like really not having their full squad due to COVID and other things. So my opinion, whoever – is going to be on that three six line is the team that you need to look for to win the SWAC tournament uh in, in a month. Shout out to the Alcorn State Braves. They've had a tremendous uh first half of the season in conference play eight three thus far. Uh but when we start count forecasting a little bit, we know there are certain teams they turn it up to 12 by the time they get to the SWAC tournament and namely Texas Southern Tigers, and we've seen that lately from Prairie View and Panthers, are there teams that can actually knock off either or? Let's assume Prairie View gets into the tournament. For some reason, Texas Southern Prairie View, they turn it to 12 once we get in the tournament. Are there teams out there that could be sleepers? I, I think AD was spot on about that 3-6 line, and one thing I'll say about Jackson State uh, men's program, uh, we are – no doubt about it, not where we would want to be, you know, uh, approaching the midway part of, uh, part of February, excuse me. Uh, but we all know that if you turn it on in February and peak in March, you got a chance at that tournament. And here's the thing about the, uh, the Tigers of Jackson State. They have a record where they've lost games, but they have not played a team that they can't beat. You know, it's always just been some circumstantial nuances to it. So that's why I'm kind of agreeing with where AD is going as we get into to late February, that first week of March, going into those tournament seeds. Uh, because it, it, even with Jackson State just getting finally two consecutive wins uh, uh, this, this past weekend and got FAMU and, and Bethune-Cookman coming in for Valentine's weekend and Valentine's Day, that they're by no means out of it because even the games they lost – 
you know, you got a one-point loss and a six-point loss, and you got a game where J-Mac didn't play the whole time because of foul trouble. You got so many nuances to it that really this tournament can be wide open. You know, you, you look at – you came into the season thinking this was Texas Southern thing, and then it became a Southern thing. But those two teams are also beatable by anybody in the swag. No doubt, man. I tell you what, guys, you guys have brought it hard and heavy today. Uh, tremendous discussion of HBCU uh, fan behavior. We got into a little bit with basketball. Neely, you and I, man, we will come back at you uh, this weekend with the pregame show, pre- previewing uh, Jackson State women's and Jackson State men's basketball. AD, talk a little bit about what you guys are going to do over there. Uh, got we've got uh, Southern, excuse me, Savannah versus uh, Allen this weekend on Saturday. And like we said, Savannah uh, versus Benedict. Of course, those are men, women, doubleheaders, as we traditionally play in HBCU basketball. And then a week from Saturday, we will actually be doing the Steelman basketball homecoming there in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, right here on the Black College Sports Network. So a little bit of a different flavor for some of our – Sports fans who fo- follow uh, the Black College Sports Network, you know, and let's let's give these small schools some love. You know, everybody focuses on the BAC and at the SWAC, but I, I will tell you, especially on the NAIA level, it's it's some brothers and sisters on that NAIA level who play ball at that Division One level. Or, or or better, because uh, a lot of these are Division One transfers who. Uh, have feel victim to circumstances and wind up at NAIA schools just just because they're NAIA and they're quote unquote small schools. That mm-hmm. is not small small time basketball though. No doubt, doubt, no doubt, no doubt about it. Well hey, said. And I, I, I want to go out on the limb here and on behalf of the pregame show because we have the new addition uh, Johnny Gills of the SWAC coming in for the first time to the AAC in Jackson this weekend. On behalf of the pregame show, I want to invite the ONG Strike Zone to join us for a little segment Saturday before the women tip off. Now, what we did to the women, uh, Lady Rattlers and fam, you understand, AD, you and Brian don't want to accept that invitation. I wouldn't blame you. But you guys guys are welcome to, you know, just uh, join us for a quick segment Saturday, man. We do a live show before the Lady Tigers tip off and just so happen to have your family, your Rattlers, coming to Jackson. Look, we got our we got our hours on the swack yard. We we got that first set of classes in. We got those first <laughs> grades in on the swack yard. You know, I just want to say this: we are no longer freshmen in the swack. We are pre sophomores. Just keep that in mind. We are pre sophomores, and we are going to that. Hey, hey, hey! I just need y'all to do. I just need y'all to do one thing. Can can. Nobody's done it. Is Jackson State gonna be the team to find a way to hold MJ under twenty? Mm. You know, our uh, our defense has held teams under their season average of scoring, but our problem has been our own scoring. So I don't, right. I don't, I'm on the limb and, and say that one way or the other. We got, we got to find a way to score sixty points on the men's side. Uh, and, and, you know, sometimes that guy is allowed to be that guy. We shut down the other four. But it will be an interesting weekend because, man, like we've been saying on the pregame show, all December and January long, February is here. It is time for the Tigers, the men, to play ball or not. Uh, and so it's going to be an interesting game this weekend. There it is. Neely, we have some tremendous uh, segments coming up. We sat down with Coach Prime 
uh, be sure to like, share, subscribe. Man, great great job on that, man. Great job. I've seen some of those segments, man. Shout out. Uh, I'm assuming uh, Alexis uh, was behind the camera producing yes. a lot of those things. Yes, so indeed. shout out to uh, Alexis Neely. I mean, look, look, y'all, if I don't know who's out there has been watching that but all those segments and i'll say it for you dearly because you don't you don't need to brag on your own child but those people who've been out there watching those snippets and segments and those shorts that the pregame show has been put on that is when they say it's a family thing it's a family thing that is that love that a man's daughter has for him making sure that she puts a good product out to represent her dad and she has done that for you man so tell her i said great job i love i love watching those it gives me something to do when i'm uh in, in school and i'm waiting on these uh kids to come from wherever they are uh, while i'm teaching <laughs> <laughs> yes indeed man i tell you what uh it's been a labor of love man you guys tremendous show tonight really appreciate you uh Visiting professors into the lab tonight here on Dr. Hey, great Bill. job hosting, man. Appreciate it. Moving over to the I big chair. I got one thing, Chuck. I got to hear it. I got to hear you say Professor Neely. Professor Neely, man. Way to come in, brother. <laughs> <laughs> man, thank you for listening to Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Make sure to share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. Be sure to catch us on Thursday. And you know how we go out, man. Neely! Course. AD. Lecture. Dismissed. We'll see you guys on Thursday. We're hollow.